Nick Gates, what uh, what have you seen from him in terms of the way he's progressed? Um, the thing I like about Nick Gates is he's got great football intelligence. I mean, there's some guys that get it and some guys that don't. He just he's a, he just understands football, so that allows him to play, do everything that he's asked to do. It's really complicated what he's asked to do right now because last year doesn't really count because he was on IR. And so he's got to be able to be the third center. He's got to be the backup right and left guard, backup right and left tackle. So he's got a lot of not only mental things to, to, to deal with, he's got a lot of physical. We practice him all over the place. And so what I like about him is he's, um, he's tough, um, he's smart, um, competitive, all those things that you really can't coach. Those, those are innate things that he brought here with him. But he picks up technique really quick. He plays with balance. He plays with leverage. When he played inside a guard last week, he played with good leverage against some big, strong guys. Guy never touched the quarterback. I mean, the guy. Then we, the other week when he played a tackle, when he had to play, he can match an outside guy's athleticism. So it's hard to find a guy inside that can be physical versus these 320-pound defensive tackles and also be able to handle a guy with speed. And so that's – but when you – before you become a starter, that's your job is to play more than one position because we only dress seven guys. And so then once you become a starter, I just, you know, one of these, he will be a starter one day. And when he's a starter, it can just concentrate on one position. I mean, I, the sky's the limit for the guy. That guy just, he has a lot to him. In an ideal world, what do you think is his best position? I think his best position um, would probably either be inside at guard or right tackle. I think that's where the uh, that's where I think it would be his inside because I think he does have an, he does have the athleticism to play on the edge, um, doesn't always have the length that you might want to be on the edge. I think the right tackle, um, but actually the game inside at the guard position things happen so much quicker. I mean the further you move away from the ball, the slower things happen. So when you're in there tight to the ball, everything happens really fast. And can you find a guy that can adjust and move to that? So, um, but I think inside a guard or right tackle, I think, are his positions. And then he's always going to be a guy that can come in and be that backup or third center that you always need, to, that you always have to have on a game day. Hate going to game day with only two guys to snap the football. How do you think Mike Remmers played this year? I think, you know, coming after missing all that time and coming back from that back surgery and he missed all of spring and then he didn't practice as, you know, we, we had to hold him out a bunch of camp and everything. I think he's practiced pretty solid, played pretty solid. You know, I just, I look at last week, his guy never touched quarterback. It's been a long time since he's given up a sack. And um, the thing that I like about Mike is he's, he's you know, he's in the, he's 303, 304. He's not a giant guy, but he plays with good leverage. But what he is, he is so competitive and so tough, and it's so important for him. He just, he just overachieves every, every, uh, every time he's in the game, and he's going to get his job done or die trying. So, it, you know, I think he's been fairly productive. He's much more productive than we probably thought he was going to be because at this, you know, going into the season, we thought it was going to be Chad Wheeler. I don't even know what zip code he's in right now. But uh, Mike Remmers come in, and he, he'd been a really solid player for us. And he's a smart player. He's intelligent. He's he's a, he's a, he's got great natural leadership too. I mean, he he and he is the leader of the room. How do you think Willie Hernandez has progressed this season? Um, he's been up and down. I think he's done some good things. I think I think is what happens with Will. Like last week, he, let's let's say the guy had uh, 68 plays. He had 68 plays. He had. 64 really good ones, and he had four bad ones. And all you remember is the four bad ones. And that's me, too. I mean, I'm still seething that he missed a run-through on the short yardage belly, missed a run-through. But then there's other things, like 
I looked at two weeks ago, he lined up against probably good percent against Fletcher Cox, who I think is one of the better defensive tackles in the league. I looked at the, the stats after the game, and Fletcher Cox pretty much, you know, I don't want to give him any – but he did a good job against one of the better players in the league. So he's done a good job against some really quality players this year. Um, and then he's had, a, he's had a couple of his moments, but that's, that's anything. I think, that's, I think what happens with, with him, like all the offensive linemen, when they're doing their job consistently, you, your eyes go to the other things. When they're doing their job consistently, we're running the ball, we're throwing, we're catching, all that type of stuff. It's when they have that bad play here and bad play there. That's when it stands up. I think he's. I think he's really. He's grasped the game better. The game slowed down for him mentally. I think he understands the system better in his second year. He's understanding the technique better in his second year. Um, uh, I think he's progressed. But again, it's an, an ongoing process. Is he where he needs to be? He's far from a finished product, but he's moving in the right direction. Why do you think that? Two more. Why do you think that people or even coaches tend to harp on like those few misplays instead? That's our nature. That because we expect them. I mean, for me, offensive lineman, your job as an offensive lineman is to play consistent. You don't have to make make a. You don't have to like. You can make a great play. Like I don't, we ran that load power for a touchdown. Nick Gates, he was supposed to be up inside. It collapsed. He bent outside. He saw two guys through. Cut the guy. Cut two guys. I mean, he made a big play. So in, as an offensive lineman, you play consistent and solid and do your job. Then once or twice, there's going to come a time when you have to make a big play in a game. Maybe it's a big pass protection, and you either make it or you don't make it. And so, I just the nature of the of a, of me and of coaches, you expect those guys to be solid and do what they're supposed to do every single play, and every, they're, you're going to get beat. I mean, it's real football, but it, when you get beat, it can't be a disaster play. You may give up a pressure, or you may guy may get around you, but you can't give up a sack fumble, or you can't gotta cut a guy loose that hits the back and causes a fumble inside. You can't do that. That's that's that that's a game changing play. You can't have that, and that. There's no excuse for that. The guy that has a game-changing play in the offensive line, that's, that's disaster. It's no different than a, you know, a quarterback throwing an interception or running back fumbling. It's that same thing. It, it changes the game. Which is the I'm one? curious. When you have those four or five bad snaps per game for a guy or mm -hmm. a guy gives up a sack, what's the process of going through the corrections and how much time do you spend? We spend a lot. Yeah, we spend. What we do is, like, what we do is we'll, we'll go in. And it's easy if, if if there's not a lack of effort. Guys are easy to coach when there's no lack of effort. It's like when you raise your kid. I mean, if they're trying hard, you, you keep coaching them. And so you look at the tape, and there's always a reason why. You know, for example, when Will gave up that run through the re he came off and he tried to kill that three technique. And if he played hard in the three technique, his guy ran through. So he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He tried to. He didn't do his job. So there's a reason why that didn't happen. You address the reason. Then when you get out on the practice field, you make sure you drill that. And when you script that. You script it so it happens again in practice so that he has to be able to adjust to that same run through when it comes up again. And we scripted that run through twice in practice and he picked it up. But, you know, the, the crime is everybody makes a mistake, but it's a crime when you don't learn from that mistake. That's why you study history because history tends to repeat itself, right? I'm curious. So like, do you guys have like a correction day? Or no, Monday. We look, every single Monday we look through every snap. We watch every single snap. I coach five guys on every single snap on every single play, why this play worked, why this play different work, what's the correction. When it worked, we did what was right. When it wasn't, how do we fix this to make sure the next time it comes up that it's correct again?